Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. I want you to join me in Revelations chapter 2 this morning. Revelations chapter 2, and I, I want to read these first few verses to you this morning as we dive into our message. The title of my message today is Closer Than Ever Before. Uh, closer than ever before. And, uh, you know, it's that time of the year where so many are looking to, uh, to make some uh, New Year's resolutions, make some, uh, make some changes and set some goals. And after 2020, I know a lot of us may not be prone to set too many because, you know, this has been the year of the unexpected. You know, you're, you're like, I just have no idea what to even expect in 2021. You know, I'm just going to hold out and try to just make it through, you know, as best I can without, uh, without setting the bar too high. But the thing that I, the thing that I want to share with you this morning is, is this, this truth from the Word of God and this revelation from the Word of God because I believe that we are closer than ever before to the fulfillment of God's Word and the declaration that Jesus made uh, that he is returning for his church, that he is returning for those who said yes to the salvation that's been made available through him, through the love of God that's been made available to us, that he is coming back for his church. And I believe that we are closer than ever before to that. But I, I, as, we, as we look at this and as we look at what God's word says to us this morning, I believe that one of the greatest resolutions that we can make one of the greatest goals that we can set for 2021 above anything else is this, is this right here, and that is to be closer to Jesus than ever before. To be closer to Jesus than ever before. You know, this, this song that Austin and Haley ended with in worship this morning is so beautiful because it really illustrates and it really underlines the importance and sums up everything in life. Nothing else matters but Jesus. Nothing else matters but His love. Everything else, all of the stress and the anxiety and the worry and the fear and the uncertainty and the unknown that life brings with all of the things that we're responsible for, responsible for and all the things that we have, the truth is, is that at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is Jesus. And if we're closer to Him than ever before, we've positioned ourselves to experience revelation from Him like never before. We've positioned ourselves to experience the fulfillment of His Word and His promises in our lives like never before. To see His kingdom come and His will being done in our lives. It takes the pressure off of us to make things happen and puts us in a position to experience the peace of God of knowing that He is in control. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1, Jesus says to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, These are the words of Him who holds the seven stars in His right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance, and I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered. And have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to 
eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. This was an original part of my text, but as we were worshiping, the Holy Spirit just reminded me once again of the importance of what it is to be in love with God. To spend every single day in that one-on-one with Jesus because it's in those moments that we receive from the Lord the fulfillment of God's word and his promises as his kingdom comes and as his will is done in our lives. One thing about following Jesus is you may not know everything that's going to happen. You may not have seen everything coming that has come. But if you're close to him, if you walk with him, if we spend every single day walking with Jesus and following in the direction and the leading that he's established for our lives, we position ourselves to, to see the, the, the fulfillment of God's plan, of God's word, and of God's promises in our lives. The church in Ephesus was an amazing church. It was a good church. It was a church that did wonderful and amazing things for the Lord. A church that persevered under hardship and endured even in great suffering. But the thing that Jesus was most concerned about was not just their good deeds. It was not just their hardship, their, their, able, their ability to endure in hardship and their perseverance that they had. The thing that he was most concerned about was the fact that they had forgotten their first love. They had forgotten what it was to be in love with Jesus first and foremost. You know, that's one of the greatest things that, that, affects, that affects marriages in our society today is that we have forgotten, people often forget their first love, that moment. Why? Because the pressures of life, and life happens, the pressures of life begin to overwhelm, the pressures of life begin to infiltrate, and the problem is, is if it's not the love that God has established, the love that God has intended, then it, then it robs us of the fulfillment of what God has said. The same is true in the church, the same is true in our relationship with Jesus. There's nothing that compares, there's nothing that we can do, there's nothing that we can say, there's nothing that we can accomplish that compares to the love of God. That's why Jesus said, he said, this sums up the law and the prophets. This sums up everything. Love God and love people. Love God with everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because love is the foundation of the church. Love is the foundation of our relationship with God. It's the reason why Jesus came. We celebrated it this past week. It's the reason why he sent his son into the world. Why the miracle of the light of heaven invaded earth. He is the reason Not just for the season that we've celebrated, but the reason that we get up every single day and we continue to persevere. He's the reason that we endure the hardships that we endure, that we fight the battles that we fight. Why? Because we know that He's in control. We know that no matter what today holds, no matter what tomorrow holds, no matter what next year looks like, as long as I am walking in the love of God, in relationship with Him, I don't have to fear tomorrow. Because the promise that I have is eternal life with Him. It immediately disarms the enemy of his tactics of fear, of worry, of doubt, of uncertainty, because I know what God has said and what God has promised. So the Lord dropped this word on my heart closer than ever before, and I just believe that this year that God is challenging us as believers, as children of God, to be closer to Him than ever before, to walk in relationship with Him like never before. I I believe that as the church, God has placed us on this earth for such a time as this. God is not surprised by the pandemic of 2020. God is not surprised by the unexpected that have happened in your life and in mine. And I, and I shared this and I touched on this last week during our candlelight service when Jesus was born in a manger instead of the guest room that, that most
most would have experienced or that most would have had. God will often strategically place us not only to fulfill the, his word and his promise, but to position us for what, where we need to be in order to bring the light and to bring the truth and to bring the grace, ultimately bringing the love of God into the world around us. So this season that I'm in and the situations that I'm facing and the things that I'm going through are only part of God's plan to fulfill his word and his promises. To see the lost saved and to see the sick healed. To see the bound set free and to see the dead raised. To see his kingdom come and his will being done. Amen? I am excited about what 2021 has in store because I believe that God is pouring out His Spirit on the earth, that He is pouring out His Spirit on His children, that He is pouring out His Spirit on the churches, and that as we seek Him and as we draw closer to Him than ever before, that we are going to experience the glory of God in ways like never before in our lives. I believe that our homes are going to be full of His presence and His love like never before. I believe that we're going to see them miraculous healing of God manifest in the hearts and lives of people. I believe that we're going to see provision from heaven in ways that we would have never thought possible as God opens doors and makes ways for the fulfillment of his promises and his word. I believe it because I have seen it. I believe it because I have witnessed it. I believe it because I know that it is in the darkest in the darkest moments of life that God's light shines the brightest and that the glory of God comes like never before. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be alive. And I'm excited about what God has in store. Closer than ever before, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 16 through 25 says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will rem remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. I serve a faithful God. I serve a promise-keeping God. He's faithful to His words. He's faithful to His promise. He's faithful to His people. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The day approaching that he was talking about, that the writer was talking about in the text in the Greek, was not just the day that we gather and the days that we meet on Sundays or Wednesdays or the times that we come together as the body of Christ in prayer and in study of the Word of God, but he was talking about the day of Christ's appearing when the trumpet will sound and he will return. As 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, when death is swallowed up in victory <laughs> and the fulfillment of God's Word and His plan comes to pass. I'm thankful. We were talking about it this morning in the foyer. I am thankful that this world is not all there is. 
I'm thankful this life is not, is not the end, but it's just the beginning. I'm thankful that no matter what I face and no matter what I walk through, I have the hope of heaven and the love of God. And I'm walking hand in hand with the fellowship, uh, with, in fellowship with the creator of heaven and earth. I'm talking about the one who breathed the breath of life into man. The one who called you and I out of darkness and into light. Who restored within us the hope of heaven. I just believe today in this room and those that are joining us online that somebody is going to have their hope restored that somebody is going to have their peace restored that somebody is going to have their joy renewed that instead of looking at our situation and our circumstances and the difficulties that are in front of us with the eyes of the flesh with the eyes of this world the spirit of God within you is going to be revived today and you're going to begin to see things as God sees them as open doors and opportunities to share the love of heaven and to watch the will and the word of God begin to come to pass. I believe we're closer than ever before and there's no doubt that in those moments that the enemy fights the hardest. (laughs) The closer you get to Jesus, the more the enemy will fight you for your time. The closer you get to Jesus, the more interruptions and the more chaotic events will begin to unfold in your life. Why? Because the closer that you get and the more that you walk and talk with Jesus, the more the enemy knows that he doesn't stand a chance. He cannot overcome the will of God and the word of God in our lives. How can I live my life being closer to Jesus than ever before? In order to get close to someone, you have to spend time with them. The more time that you spend with them, the more that that you begin to... I've said this many times before. The more time that you spend with them, the more that you begin to to pick up on on their characteristics. You spend enough time with somebody, you can probably finish their sentences. You spend enough time with somebody, you might even start to laugh like they laugh. Or talk like they talk. Sometimes if you call the church office, if we don't answer with our names, you won't know if you're talking to me or if you're talking to Austin. (laughs) The more time you spend with someone, the more that you begin to, the more you begin to pick up on those things. And the same is true with us in our relationship with the Lord. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more we begin to take on the characteristics and the likeness of God. It's the transformation process that God is leading us through that begins to renew our mind. And we begin to think as God thinks. And we begin to respond as God responds. And we begin to see the, the, the things that are in front of us and begin to respond to the situations that are happening around us as God would respond because of the revelation of who He is and because of the love that He has for us. So how can I draw closer to God than ever before? How can I experience the presence of Jesus and the love of God? How can I hear the voice of God and see the things that God is showing me and experience the revelation that God has for me? How in this new year, in this new season, can I be closer than ever before? Number one is this, worship with authenticity. Worship with authenticity. He, sa- he says this, He says in verse 21, And having a high priest over the house of God, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. In order for us to be closer to Jesus than ever before, we have to worship with authenticity. 
When, it come, when I say worship with authenticity, and what I'm meaning is in full sincerity, in full surrender, in full truth. And I, I've made this statement several times this year because of the difficulty and the frustrations, the loss and the pain and the uncertainties of what, of what we have faced. I've told people time and time again, you have to be honest with God. You have to be honest. We can put up a front for people. We can, put up a, we can put up a front for people, but it's just like God said to Samuel when he was anointing the next king of Israel, man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. God already knows the emotions that we're feeling and the, and the place where we're at and the difficulties that we're up against. And so I tell people on a regular basis, when you're going through something and you're in a fight and a battle of your life, you have to be honest with God. God cannot heal, God cannot redeem, God cannot restore, God cannot set free any one of us who are not willing to be honestly open with the Lord. God will not force you. God will never force you. When it comes to worshiping with authenticity, Jesus, Jesus made this statement in John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. He said, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus made available to you and I the Spirit of God by which we can worship. But the reality is, is that worship has to come from a place of authenticity. Where we are truly seeking and where we are truly desiring the encounter and the fulfillment of God's presence in our lives. To experience His glory and His goodness. I, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this, this first point this morning, worshiping with authenticity, I couldn't help but think about, you know, the difference and, and you know, something, something that is the real deal and something that's fake. You ever heard the statement, you get what you pay for? It can be so true with so many things. There are some things, there are some things when you go to the grocery store that you can buy the great value brand of, and it's just as good as the name brand version. And then there's some things that you cannot buy the great value brand of. You cannot buy great value sour cream and tell me that it tastes like Daisy. Amen? You cannot tell me that you can buy cream cheese that is great value brand or whatever other brands available and that it tastes the same as Philadelphia. There's just, there's, just, there's, just some thing, there's just some things. And you may say, Connor, I disagree. And that's fine. We all have our opinions. And that's mine. Amen? But there are some things in life that you can tell the difference in. That you can see the difference in. And that it makes a difference. And the same is true in our worship. The same is true in our seeking God and our desire to run after what He has said. There's a difference in truly being all in with Jesus of having our heart fixed in that place and then just trying to barely make it through. Our intention and our desires of worshiping the Lord. When it comes to worshiping God, it's not worshiping God for what we can get from God. It's worshiping God so that we can be closer to Him. It positions us to the place. See, what, what happened in the Old Testament times is that in order, for you to have, in order for you to have forgiveness of sins, there was a process that the children of Israel had to go through. There was an annual, there was an annual time of sacrifice where you were basically forgiven of your sins for that whole period of the year. There was, there was a sacrifice that you brought, an animal that you brought to the, to the tabernacle, and they were, that, that sacrifice was made. 
And the high priest was the only one that after he had received forgiveness for his sins would be able to take that blood and sprinkle it on the altar in what was called the Holies of Holies. It was where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the glory and the presence of God rested where the Spirit of God was. But when Jesus came because of His sacrifice and His blood that was shed, that veil was, was, was torn in the temple, and that veil now became the body of Jesus Christ. And through that veil, we're able now to go into the Holy of Holies. We're able to experience the presence and the glory of God in a way like never before. What happened in that moment is it made possible for us to enter into the place where God's glory and His presence is, so that just on a Sunday morning in Camden, Arkansas, or wherever you may be watching from at home, you can begin to worship, and the glory and the presence of God can begin to come and rest in the place where you are. When we begin to worship with authenticity, when our heart, when we begin to worship from the heart, when we begin in spirit and in truth to begin to lift up the name of Jesus, the presence and the glory of God begins to invade. The presence and the glory of God begins to settle. It's in that moment that we begin to experience God's presence and glory like never before. And we begin experiencing the depth that God has called us to. And we begin to walk closer with Him than we have ever before. Now more than ever, we need to be walking in the Spirit, walking in the truth, walking in the revelation of what God has said to us. To see the moments and the opportunities that are made available where we can share the love of God, the good news of heaven, and watch as the Lord works and the Lord moves in fulfilling His will and His plan in our lives. In order to be closer than ever before, we have to worship with authenticity. Secondly, we have to hold fast, stand firm without wavering. Tell your neighbor, stand firm. Stand firm. You know, I, I got to thinking about I got to thinking about standing firm, and and you know, it made me think about uh, it made me think about the times where my parents stood firm on some things. My mom and dad are here with us today, and we're so honored and thrilled to have them. They haven't been able to come because of all of this mess that we've had in this last year, but the Lord made it possible, and they were able to be with us. And I'm so thankful that they're here. And I, you know, I was thinking about the second point, and I thought, you know, there were several things that my parents stood firm on. <laughs> That as a kid and as a teenager, it frustrated me. When your parents had made up their mind that there was, there, there was no persuading them. There was, there was no negotiating with them. This is how it's going to be. This is what I said. And you know, as a kid, you always ask, well, why? <laughs> and my dad would always look at us and he would say, because I said so. And even though he usually had a reason... Or mom had a reason for why we couldn't go somewhere or why we couldn't do something. The, the, the answer was never because da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The answer was because, I, because, I'm your, because I'm your parent. Because this is the decision that I've made. They stood firm on their decision and they stood firm. And that, that, was, a constant, that was a constant theme. We, they taught us what it meant to and standing firm and being committed. And being, and being committed to following through on a decision of making sure that you were setting the foundation, that you were positioning yourself. I, I, I've shared the story before. You know, when I decided I wanted to play piano, my mom said, that's great, you can, but you'll make a three-year commitment. And when you decide that you don't want to play anymore, if it's not been three years, you'll keep playing. And you know what? For three years, I kept playing. I wanted to quit, but I wasn't allowed. Why? Because I had made a commitment. 
when we signed up for fine arts, activities, anything like that, Haley and I knew we were in it. We had made a commitment. That decision to stand firm in that taught us the truth of what God's word was. When you say something, you do it. When you commit, you follow through. You stand firm on that. And it, and it takes me to Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul reminds us of what we're facing. When Paul reminds us of what we're going to be up against, what we're going to go through in the church as believers. And he says in verse number 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. The enemy does not want you to stand firm. The enemy does not want you to hold fast. The enemy wants you and I to make a decision to follow Jesus today and tomorrow when it's too hard, give up. Why? Because if he can keep you and I from standing firm on what God has said, on what God has spoken, on what God has promised, we will never see the fulfillment of the plan or reap the blessings and the benefits. God is not a God who is interested in making you suffer. God is not a God who is interested in making you feel as if you have been abandoned, forgotten, or alone. God is a God who keeps His word and fulfills His promises and desires to bless you. Jesus said, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your Father in heaven, who is not, want to give good gifts to those who have, who have called on Him, who have surrendered their life to Him. G what Jesus was saying is, what happens in the moment that you and I become a child of God is that we position ourselves to experience the fulfillment of His Word and His promises. I know what the enemy may be saying, and I know what the situation may look like, but I just want to remind you that my Father is the Creator of heaven and earth. That my Father is the one who sits on the throne and who's in control and who has the last say about my situation. He has the final say about my health. He has the final say about my marriage. He has the final say about my family. He has the final say about my finances. He has the final say about my city, about my state, about my nation. And I refuse to listen to what everybody else says, to what everybody else thinks, to what even what I think or what I look at. I choose to look at what his word has said and what his promise is and to stand firm. So it's why I will continue to worship with sincerity and to pray with an unstoppable determination because I am standing firm on the, what the Word of God has said and what His promises are for my life. If I want to be closer to Jesus than ever before, I have to make a decision that I am going to stand firm, that I am going to hold fast without wavering. Making a decision that no matter what comes... I'm in it with Jesus. No matter what I face, it's me and Him. It's easier to quit than it is to persevere. It's easier to quit than it is to follow through. One of my favorite books of all time is, is a book by, by Mark Batterson called All In. and he, he's, a, he's a great writer. He's a great pastor. has a church in Washington, D.C. The Lord called him there to plant a church and it's been amazing what the Lord's been doing through their church, but he's written several books. And, 
And one of his books he wrote a couple years ago was called All In, and I love it because it talks about the all-in with Jesus, the all-in approach of just no matter what, God, I'm, I'm yours. No matter what, Jesus, I'm all in with you. And it's so freeing to come to that point in our, in, our, in our lives to say, Jesus, I'm all in with you. God, whatever you have, whatever you want. Because all of a sudden when life begins to, to become so overwhelming and so impossible almost to feel as if you can bear, it's in those moments that we're reminded that, you know what, this isn't my plan, this is God's. This isn't my battle as we sing about, but it's the Lord's. And all I need to do is just continue to love him with everything that I've got. To continue to stand firm in what he said and what he's spoken. To continue to be obedient to the leading and the direction that he has for my life. And watch as God fulfills his word and his promises. People may not understand it. The world may not get it. But I'm not answering to them. I live to please one and his name is Jesus. And if I'll be obedient to what he said, I'll reap the fulfillment of his blessings and his promise. Verse 23 of Hebrews 10, our main text that we read today, says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We have a hope. I talked about it two weeks ago this Wednesday. It'll be, I talked about our greatest treasure. We have this hope. Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side. Gone to talk about all of the difficulties and all, all of the uncertainties, but there's always a but. With God, there's always a but. In every situation, in every circumstance, it's, an impo- it's, it's, it's impossible to cross this river, but God made a way. It's impossible to, to conquer these giants, but God made a way. It's impossible to, to have enough food to be able to eat, but God made a way. It's impossible to, to ever experience healing from this incurable disease, but God made a way. All throughout the Word of God is one but God after the next, because with Him, nothing is impossible. If it's a part of the will of God and the plan of God, the promise of God and the Word of God, it is available to us today. Being closer to Jesus than ever before is standing firm, holding fast without wavering. I know what God has said and what God has spoken. And I believe that he'll do what he said he would do. Thirdly, finally today, how can I be closer to Jesus than ever before? Encourage one another with anticipation. Encourage one another with anticipation. He says in this in, the, in verse, number, verse number 24, he says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as some are in the manner, as is, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. Exhorting is an even stronger word for encouraging one another. Exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Why? Because there are days when it will feel like you won't make it through. I don't know about you, but there's been some moments where I've been like, okay, Jesus, <laughs> how's this supposed to work? Lord, Lord how, is all of this suppo- how is all of this supposed to come together? God, I know what your word has said, and I know what your promise is, but Lord, I don't see how this is going to work out. Uh, I, has anybody else ever been there? 
have those moments where you're like, okay, I know what God has said. I know what God's word says. I know what his promise is in the word. I know what his promise is to me. But I have no idea how this is going to happen. You know, we spend so much of our time trying to figure God out. You ever spent more time trying to figure somebody out than just asking them the question? Like maybe what they meant was. <laughs> well, maybe what they said. Maybe what they, you know, that. We have the Word of God. I love this about us. We have the Word of God, and we read the Word of God, and sometimes we go, I wonder what he meant about that. And we talk to everybody else about it, and we ask what everybody else thinks about it. And You know, it's like getting a text message from somebody, and you're not sure if they were happy or if they were mad. You know, and you, you may ask one or two per- people. You may ask your spouse, or you may ask somebody. You know, you may be like, do you think, what do you think they meant by this? Do you think they were mad at me? Or do you think, instead of just going to the source... We go around to everybody else. It's, just, it's, the same, it's the same thing that we do when we find out that somebody said something about us. <laughs> why? Because the enemy likes to use that why to, to create division and to stir chaos and, and create and to wreak havoc in our lives. And Jesus said, go to the source. The same is true in our relationship with the Lord. The same is true with the Word of God. If there's something that we don't understand, He's given us the Holy Spirit who will bring revelation to our lives. There's nothing wrong with asking fellow believers, but it's in that moment understanding that there's a download and a revelation that God will give to us, that the Holy Spirit will give to us if we will simply ask Him. You have not because you ask not, is what the Word says. And when we ask the Lord, it's amazing the revelation, the truth that God, that God brings to our lives in, the, in those moments when we ask Him. But the Lord knows that there's going to be days, that there's going to be moments, that there's going to be seasons, that there's going to be trials that we're going to think and we're going to feel like we're not going to make it through. I'm thankful in those moments that God has given us the body of Christ, that God has surrounded us with one another to encourage one another, to exhort with one another, to remind one another, this is not all there is. This isn't it. This battle and this fight is not the whole sum of your life. It's not the defining factor of your life. The defining factor of your life is Jesus. And He already defeated death, hell, and the grave. This season, this pain, this difficulty, this trial, this uncertainty that you're facing, this isn't all there is. This isn't who you are. Who you are is a child of God. Who you are is the bride of Christ. Who you are is the one who has been called out of darkness into light and is walking in the love and the fellowship of Jesus. You need to be reminded today that heaven is on its way. I said heaven is on its way. The king is coming. He is coming to once and for all defeat the enemy. To once and for all fulfill the promise that God made in the very beginning when he told the enemy... What would happen? When he made the declaration of the promise, why? Because he keeps, because he who promised is faithful. Because he who promised is faithful. So I want to encourage you today, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, this isn't it. This season, this moment, this battle, this storm, this uncertainty, this is just a moment for the glory of God. To be revealed in your life. So don't worry. About your life. What you will eat. What you will wear. What you will will drink. Don't worry about all these things. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 6. We are the best worriers in the world. We spend so much of our time worrying. When we could spend it praying. And getting closer to Jesus. Because those who walk with him. Experience the blessings 
and the provision and the protection and the favor and the fulfillment of his word and his promises in their lives. I believe this is going to be one of the greatest years for the church, for the body of Christ. I believe it's going to be one of the greatest years as we see God's word and his plan and his promises being fulfilled like never before. I want to share this, I want to share this verse with you. And as I, was, as I was finishing up preparing for this message, the Lord dropped this in my heart. And I just felt that, it was, uh, I felt that it was important for us as the church to hear. You know, the enemy, the enemy does whatever he can to, to, try to, to try to keep us from ultimately living by faith, walking by faith, and experiencing the fulfillment of God's word and his promises in our lives. Because he knows that if you and I will hold true to the word of God and will continue to walk by faith, that we'll see the fulfillment of God's word and his promises like never before. In Micah chapter 7, verse number 7, it says, But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Jesus came to be the light. And he has given that light to you and I. So in the moments when it feels like and it seems like the enemy has won, be reminded you walk with the victor of death, hell, and the grave. You have overcome. It's why Paul said what he said in Romans chapter 8. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So today my question is, who wants to be closer to Jesus than ever before? Who wants to walk with him like never before? Who wants to experience the glory and the goodness and the favor and the blessings of God? To watch those who are overwhelmed with hopelessness and despair experience the love and the grace and the freedom and the truth and the hope that we've come to encounter. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. And I'm excited about what God has in store. And I just believe that God is going to show us some incredible things as we pursue Him, as we run after Him, and, and we watch His kingdom come and His will being done in our lives.